Blue Wire. Osweiler in trouble. Osweiler brought down Khalil Mack. Oh, here comes Bullshit. With or without a helmet, J.J. Watt will always put his fingerprints on a game. Steps up, and he's going to be hit from the side, and he's going down. That's a sack. Darius Leonard, the maniac. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Trench Warfare Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Thorne, and I have a special episode this week for you. I'm going to be doing my offensive line all-pro teams with Duke Mannyweather. Uh, day after Christmas, I hope everybody had a, a good Christmas, and you know the holiday season is here. Uh, it's it's a fun time. We're at week 16, which is crazy, but um, you know, I figured if we can get that all-pro team in now, this would be as good a time as any. So I brought in you know Duke, who, as you guys know, is is one of the best, if not the best, there is at offensive line evaluation. So Duke, man, what's up? Thanks for joining me. No problem, Brandon. Thanks for having me. Um, hope you and the family had a Merry Christmas. Um, I know I did. I enjoyed time just relaxing, spending time with some family. A lot of good food, and uh, of course, I started off my morning, um, you know, fired up the smoker, and that lasted all the way through the afternoon. So it was a good day. Yeah, I saw some of those pictures. You you did prime rib. Yeah, I did prime rib and uh, king crab legs, oh. and we did uh, mushrooms, asparagus. Uh, you know, it was, we had quite the spread, and uh, the best part about it is we had leftovers now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you you kept it keto then for the most part. Do you get any you any sweets? Yeah, we uh, no, we didn't have any sweets. We didn't have any carbs. Um, Man, but I mean, we had cra- we had cranberry sauce. Uh, but for the most part, I mean, we yeah. had a bunch of I mean, just filling stuff. I mean, because we had we had uh, you know the prime rib, we had the crab legs, we had the mushrooms, we had grilled peppers, we had asparagus. Um, so it was it was quite the uh, workup. Heck yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, we we had a good a good day, good dinner. It was cool to you know the little one. He's he's almost two, so you know he knows a lot more what's going on. So that was that was fun to open up gifts and everything with him. Um, oh yeah, excellent. You can only imagine. Only imagine. Yeah, it was it was a good time. But uh, you know the reason why I wanted to have you on today was because I wanted to go over these all pro teams there's a lot of a lot of people out there putting out all pro teams right now and you know not a lot of people are really just focused on the offensive line I mean you more so than anybody I kind of go you know in different directions a little bit but really focus on the line of scrimmage but uh, you know I wanted to get right into it go with our our first team and we'll start off at left tackle Um, and I, I just wanted to go position by position so we'll go first team second team third team left tackle and then so on every other position so um, Perfect. Do you want to kick us off with your first team left tackle? Yeah, my first team uh, left tackle is uh, Teron Armstead from the New Orleans Saints. I think that uh, in terms of just a guy that can do it all and make it look effortlessly, um, Teron has been that guy. I know against the Cowboys, uh, people um, you know thought he had a rough night against Robert Quinn, and in reality, he really only got beat one time. Uh, with a filthy inside move. But in terms of the consistency, in terms of some of the special and impactful blocks that Teron makes, I think that he's been the best left tackle uh, in the NFL this year, and it has kind of come down the stretch, doing it with a high ankle sprain, 
where he's been in the boot during the week and on crutches. They went out and performed at a very, very high level um, on the weekends. Yeah, uh, it's it's hard to argue there, and I'm actually going to agree with you here. I, I kind of went back and forth on this one between him, Ronnie Stanley, David Bakhtiari, but I mean, I, I had to go Armstead, man. I mean, 14 starts, you know, so the same as Stanley, and, and initially I had Stanley, and I think most people would have Stanley, uh, but there's some context there that I think is important. So they each missed one game, Stanley with a concussion, Armstead with the ankle. Um, you know, they both played about 90% of their snaps. The thing that really differentiated it for me is, you know, and we, we talked about this a little bit before, is the scheme. Uh, it, it asks Armstead to do a lot more, I think, than Stanley yeah. is asked to do, you know. Yeah. And I think that's really important. And just pass, pass attempts-wise, like the, the Ravens rank 32nd in the NFL in pass attempts. So they're passing fewer than any team in the league. And the Saints are right right there in the middle of the pack. So it's been roughly yeah. almost like 100 more pass pass pro reps for Armstead than Stanley. And I think that's kind of what changed it for me. And, and he just – he had a tougher job week in, week out. Yeah, absolutely. That that context that you just provided is great. And, a, um, you know, really a uh, – um, you know, a, a thing that kind of differentiated the two for me as well uh, because Stanley's been phenomenal this year. Um, but, you know, a lot of what he's asked to do, um, you know, he can play a lot looser and do some things with his skill set. Uh, it's been really fun, actually, to see Ronnie uh, mature and, you know, kind of take that next step because he's definitely in the conversation of uh, premier left tackles and overall offensive linemen. But I just think that, um, as you alluded to, some of the things that Ron has asked to do, uh, he's on the island a lot. Um, you know, and he's done it with two different quarterbacks back there. Um, you know, that, that's really been, um, you know, I think a really special performance in the NFL this year, especially uh, when you look at, you know, the type of rushes that he's faced on that side as well. Yeah, and then he really had a signature moment, in my opinion. I mean, he, he you know, early on in the season and whatnot, I mean, he was, he was excellent. I, I think week five stands out to me against Tampa. That's when Shaq yeah. Barrett, you know, is kind of the talk of the league, and, and Armstead went out there and just shut him down, basically. Yeah. Um, that was pretty impressive. And then coming, you know, off that high ankle in week 14 to take on the Niners and just what he did against Bosa and everything, basically hobbling on the field, those two games for me really kind of cemented his, his place on first team. Yeah, you know what? His performance against the 49ers and that – First of all, let's go. That game itself was an instant classic. I mean, it went back yeah. and forth, um, you know, high-scoring affair, and uh, you know, it was it was quite interesting to see that you know Bosa started to look frustrated in some aspects. Like, damn, I thought they said this guy was hurt. I think Bosa went out for a little bit um, with a knee or something, and then he came back in, and so it was it was quite a treat to watch that uh, matchup there on the edge between. Uh, Nick Bosa and uh, Teron, and like you said, Teron was definitely, uh, you know, hobbled a bit and wasn't his usual self. But it was still an outstanding performance, and I think uh, you can't discount that. And uh, again, just to me, he's been the best left tackle um, in the league this year. And just to wrap up this first, second team left tackle combo with Stanley, I think it's also important when you look at their schedule and the pass rushers that he went against, he really didn't face that many good pass rushers this season. Mm-hmm. He, had, he had Chandler in week two uh, with Arizona. But aside from that, uh, I mean, Miles Garrett, he only play, played him once. It was in week four. And 
Miles played a lot over the right tackle, and at the end of the game, Miles wasn't even playing because it was, you know, it wasn't really close. Um, yeah. So that I think is important. And then when they played the Niners in Week 13, uh, Bosa played over the right tackle a lot that game. I think Stanley. I, I just went back and watched it. He blocked him like five or six times the whole game. Um, yep. You know, so when you really break it down, you know, to this level, I think you know there, there are a few factors here that. I think, you know, that, that I can feel confident in for, for us here, uh, you know, for me. And, and you know, I guess for, for us, really, because we have the first and second team, I think that's the same. And then for third team, I have Bakht- or Bakhtiari. Who do you have there? Yeah, I have Bakhtiari as well. So we're okay. good on all three. We're actually uh, solid across. Yeah. Um, I have Stanley at two and then Bakhtiari at three. And, um, I mean, you can throw um, – you know, just I think you just pretty much covered it with everything. Bakhtiari is about as consistent as it comes in terms of pass protection. Um, still has had an excellent year. I know earlier in the year he was kind of hobbled a little bit, yeah. uh, working through some injuries uh, where he wasn't his usual self in terms of anchoring, but still uh, tremendous performance, outstanding performance. And, you know, what's interesting enough is we've talked about this away from the pod, but um, as we start to look at some of these teams, um, there's a lot of guys that are deserving that are playing at a high level. Not just yeah. not just good and okay, but there's some guys that are really, really uh, worthy to have their names in this conversation of being an all-pro. So this has been fun to kind of uh, go back and forth with. Yeah, for sure. And, and Bakhtiari hasn't missed a game. He's played 99.8% of snaps. So just uh, you know, really consistent this year and available pretty much every snap. So credit to him for that. Adjusting to the new scheme and everything like that in Green Bay. But um, okay, so left guard, I'll, I'll kick us off here because I think it's one of two names really. Um, and, you know, for me, I know we both talked about this and I was in agreement, but I might lean the other way here and go with Quentin Nelson at first team. And I'll tell you why, over Richie Incognito, because I think that's kind of going to be our one and two uh, here. But I picked Nelson because he's played in three more games. So Incognito has 12 starts, Nelson has five or 15. Um, and Nelson's played basically 97% of snaps. Incognito's played about 81. And that's really the, you know, when you're talking about this level, elite versus elite, you, know, you try to pick at it a little bit. And I think that to me, just being available and, you know, toughing out some injuries like he did and just being there every single rep basically of the season, I think just kind of edged him out. But I think you could, you couldn't, you can't really go wrong here. And incognito deserves more recognition than he's getting. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, incognito missed a couple of games early on in the season with the uh, suspension for uh, disciplinary reasons. Yeah. Um, and I can't argue with uh, Quentin Nelson being your first team all pro at left guard. I mean, Q plays the game the way it's supposed to be played. Uh, hard to know, fundamental football, uh, you know, feet and hands, um, plays with great passion. Um, and you just don't see him getting beat much. I mean, there was a stretch of two or three games where he wasn't quite himself. He was dealing with an ankle on the hip. But um, other than that, still playing football at a very high level. Finishing, and then the thing that's impressive about Q, and I think a lot of people see this once he's mic'd up or they put the camera on him, is he's always bringing guys along with him um, in his huddle and on his team. So I can't argue with you with that, but my second team is definitely, um, I mean, my first team is definitely uh, Richie Incognito. I think that Incognito at 36 or 37 years old, this is best year of football. It's funny, every time Incognito kind of takes a hiatus away from the game, 
he comes back a little more refined. And I don't know if he spends time away and understands what he needs to work on or he sees it from a different perspective. But I remember his time between Miami and Buffalo, he came back as a really refined pass protector with doing a lot of new things with his hand usage and just the way he worked the leverages and uh, different jump sets and, uh, and, and, um, and those type of things. And it really took him to the next level where, you know, people start to notice him, not just as a mauler and a tough-nosed guy, but kind of crafty. Um, and then, you know, we didn't see Incognito, uh, you know, in about a year and a half. And then he comes this year. He was signed in uh, the offseason by the Raiders. And, you know, people kind of laughed at it. And then, of course, he was suspended. People didn't think anything of it. And then he comes out, and, I mean, he's just playing outstanding football. I mean, yeah. there is some of the things that he's doing with his technique, uh, you know, being able to shove guys across his communication. And here's another thing that I think you have to pay attention to as well. With Richie Incognito, um, you've seen some maturation of Colt Miller. And, I mean, it, it, yes. it, it's probably a combination of the guy, Rodney Hudson, and, you know, Trent Brown and Gabe Jackson. That's a veteran uh, crew that are helping to bring a younger guy uh, along. But you cannot discount the fact that uh, veteran in Richie Incognito, you know, who has, you know, 100-something-plus starts, I think maybe like 113 or 116 or something like that starts, um, he's playing his best football. And in turn, you keep seeing the maturation of Colt Miller as well. So I think that, you know, for all in all, I don't think people pay attention enough to Christian Cognito, but you got to really pay attention to the game because it's pretty impressive. And you already said my second team choice, uh, Quentin Nelson. I think Quentin Nelson's right there in the mix for being uh, second team all pro. And again, it's a, it's a toss up. You know, we're trying to pick our favorite uh, flavor of ice cream here. You know, it's all good. It's all sweet. It just depends. Are, are you a strawberry guy? Or are you a Rocky Road guy? doesn't matter. But, uh, you know, it's definitely, I think, uh, one or two we're on the same page, whether we flip it or not. Who would be your third third team? Yeah, my third team, I went with Ali Marpet. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm 15 starts. He, he's one of the 20 or so guys in the league that hasn't missed a snap this season. I think he's been pretty consistent the whole year. Uh, him and Jensen form a really, really good left guard center combo. And, I mean, the thing that stands out to me about Marpet when I watch him is just his grip strength and his ability to anchor once he gets latched inside a guy's frame. I mean, he does a really, really nice job of sustaining and straining, um, you know, on you know versus power rushers and things like that. And then he gets after it in the run game as well, generates movement. Uh, he can move. Um, so I think Marpet put, you know, he's put two really good seasons in a row. I mean, really like three or four, he, he's been good for a while, but it's been yeah. sort of a continual ascension for him. Um, and I think that he's firmly in like that top five left guard conversation. But um, yeah, for me, that, that was my third team pick. What about you? <laughs> Mine was Ali Marpet as well. Um, okay. I picked Ali Marpet for all the same reasons. You just did. He's a small school guy that doesn't get enough credit. Um, and I went back and forth. And with Edged, um, the other name that I was going to mention was Elton Jenkins, the rookie. With Edged, yeah. um, you know, Marpet, to give him the, the notch to go above, was he started all games this year um, in terms of from the beginning of the season. Um, Jenkins was uh, put into the lineup after a couple of weeks. 
and Jenkins has been phenomenal as a rookie. Some of the things that he's doing is very, very impressive. Uh, but again, I want Mark Pat again for the reasons that you said, just technically sound, doesn't get beat much. People really don't pay attention to him. And to me, that interior of uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with three small school guys, you got Mark Pat from Hobart, this is Division Three uh, University, and you got <laughs> Ryan Jackson from uh, Cal State. I mean, sorry, from Colorado State Pueblo yep. um, Division Two, and then you got Alex Kappa, who I actually recruited um, uh, from Humboldt State uh, when I was at Humboldt State, who is you know just playing really tremendous football in year two, and you know it's it's really a testament to I think the Tampa Bay front office for finding these type of gems uh, in Kappa and Marpet kind of homegrown and then, you know, going out in free agency being bold and, you know, signing Jensen to kind of form a really solid uh, interior three. Yeah, we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about Jensen, I, I think. But uh, let, let's go on to, to center here. And I'll go ahead and I'll kick off center. Um, for me, I'll just, I'll just go through first team first and we can just go back and forth. Uh, so first team okay. for me is uh, Rodney Hudson, um, you know, 15 starts. He's played about 88% of the snaps this season. And I mean, you know, nothing you can really say new about him that hasn't been said and hasn't been shown on tape for four or five years or so now in a row. I mean, he's, I thought this season was the most consistent center in the NFL. Um, I think he's well-rounded, you know, he, he kind of makes that, that pass protection, you know, he just, he's kind of the gel up front. Uh, for the guard situation and you know they rotated in you know right guards you know kind of off and on this season because Gabe you know Jackson missed some time there uh, so they had a, a couple of different guys playing it didn't really matter as much because Hudson I think just gets everybody set and just does an outstanding job at, at shoring up any leakage or anything like that coming through those a gaps he's, he's really really good uh, in pass protection and then in the run game man I mean I think he has underrated, you know, pop at the point of attack. I mean, he could really generate some good movement up front. Uh, there's a couple of clips I posted of him. I mean, even pulling and things like that, you know, fold blocks, um, you know, climbing to the second level. I mean, there's just nothing really he can't do. I, um, and I think this was one of the best years of his career. So I went Hudson first team. What about you? Yeah, I've got uh, Rodney Hudson as well. Um, I think you said it all there. And the thing for me is that, um, in Houston, he went down with a high ankle sprain, an uh, injury that looked nasty. And, uh, you know, I didn't want to speculate at the time. People didn't know what it was. The injury looked nasty. He had been battling a, a wheel, I think, a week or two before that. Um, but you know what? He bounced back and never really dropped his level of play, uh, even with, with dealing a, a bad wheel in the middle of the year. So, uh, Rocky Hudson is also my selection for first team All Pro at center. I don't. I think. I mean, you said it correctly. There's not a guy that's more consistent in pass protection or run blocking and fits than Rocky Hudson. Um, you know, they, like you said, they rotated right guard for about six or eight weeks because of Gabe Jackson had the MCL that he suffered in preseason camp. Um, they also had, you know. Um, um, different left guard as well because Incognito was suspended. Uh, the constant has remained in the middle there, and that's uh, Rodney Hudson. Yeah, absolutely. And him and Incognito, I think that's the best center left guard combo in the league uh, this season. I mean, they were blowing people off the ball all year. So, 
Um, yep. That tag team was nasty. Uh, second team, I'm going to go Ryan Jensen, man. I mean, you know, I, I kind of went back and forth with him and Kelsey, but I had to put Jensen up here because I think this is probably the best year of his career. Um, yep. You know, his last year in Baltimore is up there, but I think this year, I mean, just him in pass protection this season, man, I mean, the, the way, oh man, I mean, the way he's he's finding work and catching loopers and, and delayed blitzers and things like that, I mean, he is... He is he's never in a bad position either, which I know, I remember right. at times Ryan, you know, would be over-aggressive and get himself in trouble right. sometimes, and, you know, take chances, but this year, it's like that. The game has slowed down to him. I know, you know, we got to know him this summer. Um, and, I, of course, I have a relationship with him, um, you know, consulting and working with him. But, um, you know, I've been really, really proud of, uh, you know, what Ryan has put on tape. And it's great to understand, like, his psyche and his preparation. And nothing is by chance with him. Every, any and everything that he does on the field, it's like it's a system, you know, from the way he approaches how he's going to block a guy to what he's going to do when he's done blocking a guy. It's a system that he has for each guy. There's a lot of psychology in which, um, you know, Ryan Jensen plays with, which is a whole different level of mental processing and preparation. This guy not only scouts schematically and scouts traits, but he scouts guys' reaction. So to me, that is another level and indication, key indication of high-level performance when you've got the game aspect in, but then you understand that if you can get into this guy and you can get into the psychology of why guys do what they do, that lessens who they are as a player, therefore you get even further the upper hand. He's done it with guys like Julius Peppers. He's done it with guys like Gerald McCoy. Um, and every week you just see Ryan Jameson working some of that psychology that pairs with his skill set has really made him highly effective and one of the top centers in the league. Yeah, that's that's perfectly said, and I think it's important to say too because when you watch film on him without knowing sort of him personally and the way he prepares and things like that, you just see, I mean, there's collisions, like you know, head-on collisions every game with him that are just, I mean, I don't think any center in the league this year is more physical uh, than Ryan Jensen. Um, and then, you know, when you know the preparation that goes into it, uh, and just the, the amount of fights that, you know, we're breaking out when you watch him on tape. I mean, he gets oh, in yeah. guys' heads. It's crazy. And, and it takes him out of their game, really. I mean, uh, they're, they're more worried about trying to punch him or, you know, get back at him. And then Jensen's are, you know, smiling, laughing, ready for the next rep. Um, so, yeah, I really appreciate the way that he plays the game. And, and it's just a lot of fun to study and really watch him closely because there is – there's psychological warfare taking place when he plays the game that not a lot of other guys, you know, it's not really on his level, I don't think. Nope. I agree with <laughs> so, you. I agree with you. Who's your third team? Third team I went with Kelsey. Um, yep, we got the same. We got the same. Okay. Yeah, both of them have played 100% of snaps. So Jensen and Kelsey, they're, they're one of, like I said, there's only like 20, 25 linemen in the whole NFL that haven't missed a snap, and they're two of them. So... Um, you know, Kelsey, you know, same, same thing as always, really. Uh, he's was probably the most unique center in the game in terms of uh, what he can do, climbing to the second and third levels, blocking in space, pulling, leading. Um, really, yeah, there's, probably, there's probably only two other centers that can do it to that level, and that's uh, Marquise Fountain and Alex Mack in terms of, you know, yeah. being able to do some of the things that, you know, Kelsey consistently does. Yeah, and, and I think they do it, you know, they're very, very efficient. Kelsey's just, you know, freak athlete, you know, in terms of yep. just his quickness and stuff is unreal. Um, and then 
I mean, the way he utilizes leverage, man, I mean, he, he's really strong for being undersized. Uh, he doesn't really get overpowered, you know, as much as you would think at a guy who's, you know, hovering around 290. Um, he just plays with such great pad level, and he's he always keeps his head out of the block, and, you know, he, he's just, he's really, really stout. Um, and I think that's the thing that's improved the most. When I started watching him in, like, 2015, you know, he'd get overrun, you know, quite a bit. But now, I mean, that's kind of gone at this point. You don't really see that anymore. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he's excellent. So, yeah, I, you know, pretty easy choice for me there. Yep, um, I agree. Now, right guard for me was the hardest. Uh, right, the right side period was the hardest for me. Right yeah. guard and right tackle. Yeah, same here. Uh, so th these might be different. I mean, you could really there, – there's like three or four names at each spot. But um, – Okay, so for me, you know, first team, I had to go with Marshall Yonda um, just because this season, you know, you were sort of, I think some people were expecting maybe a little bit of a drop-off at this point. Uh, I don't know what year he's in, but I think it's, what, 12 or 13? Yeah. Um, and, I mean, this dude, he's playing at as high of a level as I can ever remember him playing at. He, he's, you know, hasn't missed a game, played about 93% of snaps this season, and with the what the Ravens are doing this year offensively and how unique they're, uniquely they're built, they're running the ball more than anybody, passing it, you know, fewer than anybody. And and Yonda, I mean, as a run blocker, he is phenomenal. Uh, nobody really blocks like him. He's unique. He's kind of a one of one type of guy. Yep. <laughs> uh, He's an outlier. You can't you can't put him on his tape and say I want you to do this. No, I know, and that's what I've heard from guys like Jensen. You know, he's told me that the OL coach told him when he got there, don't try to be like Marshall. Ronnie Stanley told me kind of the same thing. Um, and, he, I mean, he looks for work uh, as well as any guard in the league. Um, so he, he provides that physical presence that helps out Orlando Brown uh, tremendously because guys do not want to go inside of Brown because they're going to catch, you know, Yonda, you know, right in the face basically. Um, yeah. So right yeah, I mean, so Yonda is a physical presence in the middle, and he's just an absolute, or not in the middle, but you know, on the right, and he's an absolute technician, uh, and he's winning at just such a high level. He has like four or five, like you know, all-time blocks this season. Um, so I just I had to go him first team for me. Yeah, my first team all pro this year is going to be Brandon Brooks. Um, I think what Brandon Brooks has done in terms of the total body of work of performance. It, there's not a, been a better right guard in terms of pass protection and run blocking. And then when you factor in what Brandon has had to deal with, tearing his Achilles late into the playoffs last year and was a week one starter, and that week one game was highly impressive with Brooks, you know, I mean, climbing to the second level, getting out in space, inline blocking, and he's kept that level of play all year. So not only do I think he's first team all pro, but I think he's also comeback player of the year for what he's had to deal with some of his anxiety and uh, overcoming the Achilles to play at a elite level. Those are normally indicators a lot of times for people to shut it down and have a drop-off in performance. You know, he had every excuse in the world to not perform well, you know, with how late his Achilles was, you know. But he didn't let that be a uh, deterrent and came out and has played some high-level football, you know, in 2019. Um, so I think what Brandon Brooks has done has been pretty damn special. I think that uh, again, he should be considered for uh, comeback player of the year and first team all pro. Yeah, hard to argue uh, there. I mean, his week 
his, his first three weeks especially really stand out to me considering that Achilles. I mean, he was so good uh, against, you know, Atlanta was one of those teams and Grady Jarrett, um, yeah. you know, just what he did in that game and then Detroit uh, as well. Uh, just the variance that he was using in his technique. He, I mean, I saw some stuff that we talked about in uh, OL Masterminds, like, you know, the flash technique and uh, snatching yeah. and trapping guys, jump setting. He's mixing up his sets really well. Um, yeah, you know, what was really what was really cool is that Brandon was a guy this summer who really wanted to spend extra time in understanding how he could change his hands up versus different things he struggled with last year. So I think there's a video floating out there that I put out and some pictures of me and Brandon. I think we you were probably there. But there was one day when we worked just 30 to 40 minutes just on feet and hands and what it looked like against certain techniques, what it looked like against guys with certain leverages. And I've, it's been really rewarding to see some of that stuff come into fruition. Uh, but at the end of the day, we just talked about it. But Brandon to go in and actually use it, execute it, and make it his own and own – you know, his type of level of football and playing his level of football with some of those things we talked about. It was really cool to see. Uh, and that's what part of being an all-pro is, to be able to take some of those things from the toolbox that you work on in the offseason, that you may have stole and borrowed from um, other players, you know, best practices, and then make it your own and then being able to implement it or it doesn't put you in a bad situation. That's really cool to see. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's He's overcome a lot and he's played outstanding. So, um, you know, for me, he, he was my second team. So who was your second team? Yonda. Yonda was my second okay. team. You know, late in Yonda's career, he's playing phenomenal football. I mean, there is, there has not been a more consistent uh, presence at uh, right guard in terms of just overall every everything. I mean, just uh, demeanor, uh, run blocking, pass blocking, um, impactful block. I mean, Yonder's doing it all, and he's doing it at a high level. And I think he's been doing it at a high level for a long time without people noticing. Me and you have noticed, I think, personally, Yonder is a Hall of Famer. I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, and for my money, um, I think he belongs in Canton. Um, I think when you talk about just in the past 10 years, um, you know, size still is delivered in terms of offensive linemen. Um, you look at guys like Joe Thomas, you look at your Jason Peters, and then you look at uh, Yonda and kind of like, you know, your Alex Mack and Rodney Hudson. Those are guys that, like, you know, you know when you see it. You know, those are the types of guys. I think that Yonda done it with a little less uh, fanfare than some of those other guys we mentioned. But needless to say, when you turn on the tape and you look at his body of work, he has played at a high level for a very long time. And I think that some of the reasons – um, that you mentioned that, I, that I'm um, really talking about now is why he should be an all-pro consideration and is my second-team all-pro. And I can't argue with you for having him as your first-team all-pro. Yeah, Yonda, year 13, he has 166 starts, and he's played four positions on the line in his career. Um, you know, we could do a whole podcast on Yonda. I mean, that the, the year that he had in 2016 when he moved over to the left side and this was excellent. Oh, yeah. that, was, that was incredible. Played with a bum shoulder. And he, did, and he did that because of the shoulder. Yeah, yeah, that was that was unbelievable. And then he kicked out to right tackle in 2014. And, uh, was I mean, phenomenal. Yeah. One of his best games was against the Patriots. Yeah, man, he's he, he's incredible. So, yeah, so, that's, so we flip-flopped there. And then 
third team. I mean, it feels weird to say, uh, but I know, and I know who you're going to say, and I'm going to say the same thing. <laughs> it's so, I, so Zach, weird. Zach, if you're listening, please don't hurt me. <laughs> it's so weird to say, man. But uh, yeah, Zach Martin, third team. Um, you know, he could be first team, really. Uh, it, you know, it's, I've talked a lot about Zach over the years. Uh, I think he's been the best Cowboys offensive lineman since, you know, sort of they've built what they have there. He's been the most consistent guy. Um, he's the prototype. Um, he's he's everything that you could ever want in a guard. He could probably play left tackle if he wanted to. Um, yep. He's just an absolute technician, the, the best technician in the game at any position, I think. Um, and he's just, you know, 99% of snaps played this season. And, you know, would it be, wouldn't surprise me if he's a first or second team all pro. I mean, he's been all pro first or second team. I think every year he's been in the league, which is incredible. Um, so Absolutely. Yeah. You know what? It's funny. I mean, we say first team, second team, third team. Honestly, again, we're trying to pick our favorite flavors of ice cream. And, you know, really what it boils down to with all this is, if we could have just one big first team, all these guys that were mentioning would be first team. But you know, you got we we have to tear it somehow. Um, so you know, third team and first team, you know, it's just how we see guys. But I agree with you with Zach. I think Zach has been outstanding once again uh, through the ebbs and flows of the Cowboys season this year. One thing has remained consistent, and that's number seventy. I think that uh, Zach Martin is indeed the prototype at right guard. There's a lot of things that he puts on tape that you look at, and it's definitely teachable. Uh, whether a guy can execute it is a different story, um, but, you know, it's just clinic tape. When you look at, you know, his sets and his stance and, you know, even what he does with his hands and his fit and his posture, that's what you want. That's what we train for. That's what we try to develop guys to be is that Zach Martin type field of guy. Again, you can teach all that stuff, but can a guy execute it to the level Zach is does? That's a different story. And I think that's what makes him special is his execution of what he can do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um right guard is is maybe like the the, the, the most stacked position and like high level guys because you know you also have guys like Sheriff and DeCastro and other people as well. Yeah. Um but <clears throat> Right tackle. This this one was also very very difficult. This was rough for me. Um, yeah, yeah, man. I mean, there's probably five names, four names that you can mention here. Yeah, four names for sure. Um, and let's just say them because I I think we're kind of on the same page here. I mean, it's it's Schwartz, Ramchek, yep. Collins, yep. for me, yep. and Bulaga. Um, Bulaga. Yeah. Yeah, those are kind of the four guys. Lane is normally in here, but. You know, missed some games and you know wasn't yep. wasn't his best year, but you know probably a top five guy. You know, probably that fifth guy um, this year. Yep. Uh, but yeah, for me, I, I just I slotted him. So this is um, this is tough. I I really think you can go either way, but first team, um, I'm gonna go with Ramcheck, man. I mean, uh, you know, I know you know he, he had a couple games that were that were down for him. Week two against the Rams. He struggled a little bit in that game, and then yep. this past week, uh, week sixteen against the Titans, that that uh, pass rusher I forgot his name uh, was um, I don't know it's first time. Derek, really. Derek, Derek Roberson. Roberson, yeah, he he hit him with a really nice kind of a cross chop move that got him. Um, you know, so he he gave him a little bit of trouble, but his peaks this season I think were as good, if not better, than anybody. 
And it you really started off right away week one against JJ Watt, shut him down. Um, yeah. And JJ Watt had you know before he got hurt, he was on pace to have a you know just one of his out you know stellar years. He was like top. I think he's still top five in quarterback hits in the season, and he hasn't played since week eight. Um, so to do what he did against Watt was really, really impressive. And then against D law in week four, um, pretty pretty, phenomenal. Yeah, he was excellent in that game. Uh, and then the Jacksonville game, him and Armstead both pretty much shut down Yannick, uh, Nagakwe and Josh Allen. I think there was one or two reps maybe there where he lost, but, um, you know, and then against Mac, uh, he got a lot of help that game, but still Mac didn't do anything. Um, I think Chandler might, may have beaten him once or twice in week eight, but I mean, when you're talking, when you're going against guys like this and you're losing one rep, maybe, maybe two, and you're shutting down mostly everybody else. I just, I thought he took his game to another level this season and he's firmly in that top five right tackle conversation. And for me, because of his peaks, I I went with him on the first team. Very nice. I'm going to go with Mitch Schwartz, uh, first team. Well, bro, I think Mitch is just as, as consistent as they come in yeah. terms of uh, pass protection and run blocking. Um, Mitch was he avoided a serious injury. Was been playing with you know injury pretty much midway through the year. Um, it's kind of a horror story for the Kansas City. They lost Mahomes, looked like a terrible injury, and then you know Mitchell got rolled up, looked like it was going to be a terrible injury. Uh, which ended his consecutive snap streak, which is a whole other, yeah, a whole other story. But I mean, like when Joe Thomas went out, the next consecutive snap streak was Mitchell Schwartz. Uh, you know, he ended up missing the rest of that game, but shit came right back in and 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 started the next game, which kept his consecutive start uh, streak alive. And um, you know, he's just been really as steady as they come and pretty impressive taking on some of the league's best pass rushers. Um, so I've, I've got Mitch still as my first team all pro uh, for 2019 at right tackle. Yeah, that's it's tough to argue. Um, the only games that I can think of, were, again, were kind of like Ramchek. There's a couple reps here and there like last well, week. Well, this past – I think I think this this last game that they played, he had a couple of reps where yeah, he understood and had his edge challenged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Detroit as well. Yep, Detroit. That's funny you mentioned that. I still think about that rush that Trey Flowers had on him. It was one of the filthiest rushes I've seen this season. Um, It was kind of like that Quinn one that beat Armstead inside. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, you're 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 talking uh, his full body of work was was outstanding. He he played ninety nine point four percent of snaps um, this season, and he actually has, you know, the consecutive game streak league wide at tackle. Uh, is his right now it's at 127 straight um, so yeah that's pretty remarkable next next in line is Jake Matthews at 93 so um, oh wow yeah okay. Mitch is uh, he's leading by quite a bit there and then after that is a uh, Villanueva at 79 with Moses they're each at 79 um, but yeah so Schwartz uh, 127 straight for him I'm glad that remained intact at least even though he lost that snap streak and to go to second team I had Mitchell Schwartz uh, as my second team right tackle. I went back and watched uh, his last few games today just to kind of, you know, just double check him and see how everything was looking. And the thing with him is, is he's honestly like, even for me, you have to really, I think, watch closely if you want to appreciate how good he is, because it's kind of boring to watch him. 
Um, very boring. Yeah. yeah. He's not really, you know, he's not going to be very flashy uh, ever. He's not really going to finish guys like Leo Collins or somebody like that. Um, but, you know, he does finish uh, his blocks. He's just not going to really put guys in the ground. Um, so, yeah, you, ha- you really have to watch him closely to appreciate how efficient he is with his feet, the angles he's taking, how careful and calculated he is with his hands. Um, independent hand usage with him, I think, is probably his best thing. Um, but, yeah, so Schwartz for me was was second team. Uh, what about you? Ryan Ramsey. I had Ryan at uh, okay. second team, um, all pro. Um, and I went back and forth about this because I thought about having him at third team. Because mm-hmm. um, I'll just say I'll, I'll tell you my third team is Brian Belaga. I think Belaga doesn't get enough credit. Um, and I went back and forth with should Bramshek be a second team and Belaga be a uh, you know third or vice versa. But I got Ryan Ramshek at uh, second team All Pro. I agree. I think his peaks have been really good. Uh, he there's probably two or three games in which he had some struggles. Um, but, you know, for the most part, I think he took the next step this year. And New Orleans is a, a really, really good hands with those two uh, those two tackles that they have. And really, their guards are really underrated as well. I don't, I don't think they get enough credit as well. But that's a whole different conversation. But uh, I think Ramsey took a huge step, and uh, I'm comfortable with having him as my second-team all-pro. Yeah, that's... Yeah, so we're flip flop there. Um, for third team, though, I, I want Lyle Collins because uh, similar to Ramcheck, but even more so, I think he took even a bigger of a jump because I think Ramcheck finished last season. We, you know, I think everybody could kind of see like, yeah, this guy yeah. is, yeah. you know, pretty much right there in, in elite status already um, and kind of cemented it this year. But Lyle Collins is probably of all these names that we've mentioned so far, I think has taken, aside from maybe Jensen, has taken maybe the biggest jump. Um, of anybody and man I mean he's been so good this year uh you know Balaga is fun to watch yeah oh absolutely I mean and his competition's pretty good I mean you know not quite like at Balaga's level that's one thing that was you know kind of tough for me is because Balaga had that that murderer's row basically to start the year where he had Mac Hunter Vaughn uh and that's why I put him there and that's why I put Balaga uh in a conversation of being an all-pro is because of the, t- the, 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 just the, for four or five straight weeks, it was like, oh my God, is it over yet? Yeah. And he handled it really well. And not yeah. only did he handle it really well, he handled it really well with dealing with an injury, you know? Yeah. Coming, coming, like, I mean, not just a, oh, I'm banged up, but a injury, we don't know if he's going to be able to play the rest of the year. And all of a sudden, you see 75 out there and you're like, oh, he's playing. And he yeah. hasn't come off the field yet. Because if you remember right, Green Bay was scrambling around trying to find tackle help, and they ended up signing Jared Bell there. Then they uh, signed two other guys that had bounced around the league for insurance policies, and Belaga hasn't been off the field yet. Yeah, so much respect for him. I mean, he doesn't get enough credit, and he could easily be in one of these three spots. You know, he I left him off, but you know, the level of competition for him was outstanding. The only game for me that. Uh, for him that I remember that he struggled a little bit in was week nine against the Chargers. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, Bosa. In, yeah, Bosa and Ingram, uh, you know, they, yeah. they pretty much wrecked them that game um, just kind of as a unit for the most part. But other than that, um, you know, just outstanding. But Collins, man, I mean, 
just his ability now, I think, really to, to get to his set points and to not let guys get to his edge as much as he did in the past. Um, you know, with well, he's got he's got two or three different sets and the way he gets there now. So he's got his big kick kick where he settles, mm-hmm. and then he has like a small back pedal where he settles to a spot, and then he has a jump. Um, and off his jump, he started, you know, kind of three step shorten and doing some different things with his hands and uh, allowing his hand allowing his feet to really uh, win the blocks. Um, so we always have known that Lyle's been a uh, tremendous talent in terms of, you know, being a finisher and then also, you know, just uh, being a, a pretty decent athlete for being a big guy. But mm-hmm. I think he's really refined and it looks like he's found his game and built his game. Yeah, it does. He He's really cleaned up a lot of things and he has that variance, like you said, and he's unique, you know, as opposed to these other guys, because he's just kind of, if you will, quote unquote, throwback type of right tackle where, I mean, he has, oh yeah, you know, these thunderous strikes that he has. And I mean, he really, I mean, his two hand strike is vicious. He's put guys on the ground this year with that, you know, snap. That's his personality. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. He's, he's fun to watch. I really, really like watching him and appreciate his game. And he, he might be the best run blocker on the list. I know Ramchek is, is outstanding. I mean, they're all good, but I mean, his run blocking, man, with Zach Martin, it's it's pretty devastating. Uh, I think I think I think Lyle's definitely the best run blocking right tackle in the league. Uh, yeah. You know, this year it, it's not even close. I mean, just um, the power he comes with. He's able to throw guys and use his backside hand to kind of create leverage and torque. Um, and then when he gets out and he has a uh, uh, space blocks, he's able to track uh, defenders at the second level and really get a piece of them and. You know, he can finish them. So, for for in that aspect, he's been phenomenal, and uh, it's been fun to see his maturation. I remember uh, working with him the past couple of years. Um, you know, I understood that he wanted to be great. I mean, there will be times where I get a phone call at 9 p.m., 10 p.m. at night. Hey, can we get this work in? I'm just freeing up. You know, <laughs> we had obligations with kids and stuff, but you know, want to really get a workout in and. So there we were a lot of times at 9 p.m., 9.30 p.m., 10 p.m., you can work in. And uh, that's just uh, – he's not a, a guy that's really, really uh, over the top on social media showing everything he does, but he's a guy that does work really hard. Yeah, that's that's really cool to hear and get that, that backstory there on him. And um, I don't know if you wanted to mention, just kind of go through a couple underrated guys before we wrap it up. Is there a couple guys you wanted to kind of do like an all underrated team and we can just kind of wrap it up on that? Uh, yeah, we can do that. We can do that. Okay. Um, or do we wait? Do we yeah. wait? Do we put out an article like we don't want to do? Yeah, let's, actually, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Let's wait because I, I think this is going to be a really, really interesting list. Um, yep. So because we've yeah. already talked about our underrated guys, so we can de- definitely uh, put some context to that. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah, that sounds good. <clears throat> so we'll we'll put something together for that. And uh, yeah, so that's that's Duke and I's first, second, and third team offensive line all pro teams. Uh, hopefully, you guys enjoyed that. And uh, Duke, appreciate you joining me. Um, looking forward to, to seeing you this summer, and I'm sure we'll. We'll talk again before then, maybe maybe even the combine as well. So, absolutely, but we got a limit to take, buddy. Yes, yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> Only one this All time. All right. All right. Thanks for having me, Brandon. All right, man.